Time. Praise, praise the Lord. Lord. It's chat time again. Yes, praise the Lord. It is chat time once again. And this week we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So this week I want to talk about a, a pet peeve of mine. I Every once in a while I'll see this commercial on TV and then they don't play it for months and then they play it again. And it's about... Um, I don't, it's called uh, soul travel Mm. (laughs) or, um, you know, I don't know how it goes, the the commercial, but it says, you want to find out about your past lives or dreams or soul travel, you know, find out about, find out about yourself. Just call this 1-800-LOVE-GOD. And it's, and it's by Ekanar, E-C-K-A-N-A-R. And I'm, I, I listen to that, and I'm thinking people listen to that, and they think that it's really about the Lord. But it's not. It really isn't. It's some kind of a, a Dharma, D-H-A-R-M-A, influenced religious movement. It was founded in, in 1965 by Paul Twitchell, who lives in San Diego, California. So it's not, a new, it's not anything connected with the Bible. You know, I, I, the other pet peeves I have is when they have commercials on, 
on TV or whatever about the psychic hotlines and you know that just call for a dollar a minute and you can find out what's going to be in your future and believe me people do that a lot of people yes, do that they do that rather than go to the lord they want control but they don't want to have the lord be the one that's in control they want to know but they don't want to get their knowledge from the lord they want to gain but not but not lawfully they they just they just don't want the lord to lead them and I can't, and, and what are you going to do? Another human being is going to tell it? I just don't believe that. Well, they, do, they deal with those uh, <clears throat> familiar spirits, you know, so they tell them well, just enough. How do you enough. know when you're on the telephone? How do you know that they really are? How do you know that it can't be just anybody it's probably, making up stuff about it, you? It could be anybody making up stuff, which I would believe maybe about 95% are, but there are those who actually have this a familiar spirit and they deal in divination and because of that they tell them just enough in the way of lies mislead them just enough so that a person goes astray I mean there are people who have been brought up in the church taught from when they were youth not to know get, better right not to they get into better. that and they they grow up talking about they're talking to the dead and they're doing this they open up themselves to possession, and the next thing you know, they just slowly lose their minds. But you can't. But the thing about insanity is that they don't know that they're insane. And if you could tell them that they're crazy, I don't but, know. but I they don't believe it. People, they don't believe it. So you, you're saying that people who think that maybe they're a little off aren't really off? No, I'm saying that people, when, when they say that they think they're off, and you tell them, no, you're crazy, they. They meant it differently than what you perceive it. They don't really see themselves as being insane. They don't see themselves as being nuts. Nebuchadnezzar did not realize that he was crazy. While he was out there eating grass for seven years and, and his fingernails growing like claws and the hair on his body growing like, uh, like Florence said, eagle feathers, you couldn't tell him he had, he had lost all sense of normality. You couldn't tell him that he was crazy because he didn't understand even where he was. There are people who are insane. But he did come to himself God eventually. brought him, but not on his own. God gave him back his sanity. And there are people who are just, they have, they have dabbled in things and have literally lost their mind. And I think people have dabbled in things. I think when they were younger or something, you know, or when they're under the influence of alcohol or drugs, they dabble in... Right, because uh, that's a spirit. And then they start with Ouija board or they start with... Um, mm -hmm. Or reading books, you know, from the library or... Or visiting people to have their cards read, their palms read, the fortunes told. And, uh, because they don't want to go Lord's way. They just want to go in their own way. But... Uh, but I think there are a lot of people that dabble in that. And I don't think that they realize at that moment that they dabble, that it opened up a door, uh, a, a demonic type door. It opened up something, it closed a spiritual door and opened up something different. And they don't really recognize it um, because... They start believing it. They start believing what they've read or they believe what they've dabbled in. Or, because. Or they think it's so harmless and that it, it has no effect on your spiritual life. Well, because spirits are real 
and they dabble in it. So they, they see some evidence of whatever it is they're dabbling in. It's not like something that's just arbitrary to the point where things are made up. The enemy actually presents things or, or gives signs or gives them some, some type of, I say, quasi-answer to their, their questions or, or whatever they're searching for. And so they have just enough to hook them to the point where they don't want to let go. And so when you tell them, I mean, when, when the, that man of sin dabbled in, in everything, you know, sciences and anything that was contrary to God's word, science so-called, because true science agrees with God's word. Any, anything that was contrary to God's word, that's what that man of sin, that's what Manasseh did until he came to his senses. And so a lot of people who are going to uh, these psychic hotlines and talking about I'm, I'm communicating with the dead, you know, there's a spirit and a mind control that takes over them and they deceive themselves and no matter of reasoning is going to correct their behavior. Well, you know, the, the one particular thing that bugs me is about this one commercial about this Echinar. And it, the commercial is just so, I mean, they play this music, they show waterfalls and the sky mm. so blue and it's so relaxing and so comforting and it's trying to suck you into this. And, and, it, and even the, the number that you call is 1-800-LOVE-GOD. And it's the furthest thing from the truth, you know. Mm -hmm. So here, I, I, I had to look it up a little bit. Um, past lives. It says, learn to recall memories of your past lives. Lessons of long ago can be recaptured now to help our lives today. Our character is made up of virtues and shortcomings and all are a development from past lives. How do you know you lived past lives? Isn't that another religion that... Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Hindus believe that, Indian. too. Indian. Yeah. Uh, but this this thing that you have multiple lives and that you come back as something else. You know, sometimes you might not come back as a person. You might come back as an animal, an insect, depending on what sins you committed here. Uh, even within their own religion, they get so weary with the concept of they have been brought back that there's a river that they go to and the first person uh, to go into the river is free from having to be reincarnated, you know, because they find the present existence, you know, so unbearable. But it's not built upon truth, it's built upon a person's evil imagination. That's what the Lord called them. Man has the ability to imagine. And the Lord says, but there are people who have evil imaginations. So when they come up with these bizarre tales, because the imagination is so detailed and so, and so extreme, people will buy into it. And sometimes it's be just a little bit of truth in there, enough for a person to get hooked. So then it says, dreams are real, another way to find wisdom from the heart. Dreams open up new avenues of truth and give insights just for you. Sometimes. And then there's soul travel, mm -hmm. which is simply a shift in consciousness. Its main benefit is to tap into the wisdom and knowledge of the last 
great frontier, our inner world, to fully consciously ride the wave of divine love coming into our lives every day. Yeah, that's a bunch of garble. So there's a book that's called Past Lives, Dreams, and Soul Travel, and it prepares you to set foot on the grandest adventure of your life. Find your true purpose, find greater love than you've ever known, find spiritual freedom beyond your dreams. Those people this are book can change your life. So this, It's like a mysticism, and the Lord rebuked his people for dabbling in that when you get into mysticism and you get into this ethereal world that's out there the lord forbids that because it's a trick of the enemy you know the closest you'll get to finding the spiritual while we are yet in these mortal bodies the closest we get to the spiritual realm is giving ourselves over to the lord so that he can get us caught up in the spirit that's as close as you get into the spiritual realm. When you start trying to get into the spiritual realm any other way other than through the Lord, then you open yourselves up to familiar spirits and uh, possession, uh, insanity, because it's beyond your capability to comprehend or control it. So anyway, I looked it up on Wikipedia and it says that the movement teaches simple spiritual exercises such as singing who, H-U, which is called a love song to God, to experience the light and sound of God and recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. According to the Echinar Glossary, the term Echinar means co-worker with God. Echinar is another word for the Holy Spirit, also known as the audible life current, life force, or light and sound of God. So it's trying to pull from, from the word, you know, but the Holy Spirit and worshiping the Lord and stuff, but it really isn't. No, I mean, it's like it's, perverting it. Right, driving you into a, a mystic realm. You know, where you're trying to experience the spiritual world without benefit of going to the Lord. So they're saying you can step out of yourself. Right. Your so soul. that's exactly what they believe. Right. That's exactly what they believe. It says one of the basic tenets is that the soul, which is your true self, mm -hmm. may be experienced, in sep experienced separate from your physical body and in full consciousness travel freely in other planes of reality. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. So when people fall for that, and the Lord has to deliver them because they won't be able to discern. And because of that, the enemy takes advantage of it. And they teach that, that dreams are important teaching tools. They tell you to keep a dream journal to facilitate study. Teaches that spiritual liberation in one's lifetime is available to everybody. Yeah, but see, and there are, a, but the Lord, and it's possible to achieve that. The Lord lets us know that there are dreams that come about because of everyday business, and then there are dreams that come about because God gives us the dreams for uh, prophecy. So, to know the difference between a dream that just comes about through ordinary business or a dream that's prophetic, you have to go to the Lord. And the Lord has to reveal these things because there are events that happen in your life when you sleep, you dream. 
Lewis or because you eat pizza, right. too much pizza you before you know, sleep. And right, you have to know the difference. <clears throat> but I always tell them when a person knows that the dream comes from the Lord, I tell them to keep a journal of the dream that comes from the Lord. But it's understood that you're writing down a dream that God has given you. You're not trying to interpret dreams based upon man's perspective. You're, you, you're interpreting the dream based upon the word of God, what the Lord is telling you and what the Lord is revealing. But this spirit that flesh has where they're trying to reach a spiritual plane and get around God, that's, I think that's this is just I think this is just money making it, at the expense is. of a person. It, yeah. <clears throat> Salvation. Yeah, that too. But it's, it's destructive. It's spiritually destructive. Because some people actually believe that they can, that they can actually walk into the spiritual world, just go in and come out as they please. And it just, it's just off. And then the abominations that go along with it, I mean, sooner or later, it's going to surface. They have, um, they have two books that tell of spiritual meaning and purpose. They hmm. call it the, their holy scripture of Ekanar. Mm-hmm. And they have beliefs. Uh, they talk about karma, reincarnation, not salvation. See, no, they, see, they can't talk about salvation because salvation would have to compel you to admit that you need to repent unto the Lord and that you need to be saved. They're not going to tell you that. They're not going to tell you you need to be forgiven. That the Lord died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. That there's a spiritual part of us, and that flesh is going to stay here. You know, because it has no part in the kingdom of heaven. So therefore, your soul has to be saved. They're not going to tell you that. So um, under worship, it says, Echinar emphasizes personal spiritual experiences as the most natural way back to God. These are attained via the spiritual exercises of Echinar. And they have a spiritual exercise of the week on its website. They have so uh, the spiritual- light and sound service. That takes uh, the place of prayer. Contemplation, a talk or panel discussion from members of the Echinar clergy, and often includes creative arts and group discussion. They host a worldwide seminar in October and a springtime seminar every year. It also hosts annual seminars in countries around the world and includes speakers, creative arts, workshops, discussion groups, and other activities. But uh, it's rooted, it's not to be confused with Ik On Kar, which is a holy symbol in Sikh, Sikhism. Mm. But, um, but this one guy all of a sudden just decided to create this, I don't know, movement, religious movement. It's just my pet peeve because it pushes people away from the Lord. Right. It's but, tricking you into thinking that you know, people deceive themselves. But here I say again, you can be deceived because we all have sin and fall short. But once somebody points out to you it's wrong and you refuse to come back to the Lord, then that's the greater error. Because we all have messed up before we receive salvation. That's why God died on the cross so that we can receive salvation. And if a person is offering you the opportunity to receive salvation and you refuse it, once you've been, you further deceive yourself, but there's no excuse. So after you're saved, you don't fall short anymore. Not when you put the Lord first in your life. 
But if you let yourself become distracted, if you let yourself be led astray, you know, because he, he talked about the church of Ephesus, you know, and so you have to, he talked about the church uh, that was lukewarm. He talked about those, you know, he had church of Philadelphia who held on to the Lord. It was just two that, that really held on. But the rest somehow let the cares of this world or let the love grow cold or would not make a commitment to the Lord, you know, one way or the other. So you have to put God first at all times. You have to know that the Lord is your life, not part of your life, but is your life. All right. So I want to talk about the near-death experiences. Do you think they're real? Sure. Do you think they offer proof of the afterlife? So, well, the Bible offers proof of the afterlife, but uh, I believe near-death experiences for some people are, are real, but I don't know if they all are. See, because you don't know, people tell you so anything. So here's a, a woman from Arizona who claims to have gone to heaven to, and met Jesus face-to-face mm -hmm. -face after suffering a near-death experience. Mm -hmm. On February 12th of 2018, Tina Hines suffered a sudden heart attack and she became unconscious. I've never seen anybody with their eyes rolled back and literally starting to turn purple, her husband Brian recalled while seeing his wife's body on the ground. At the time, the neighbor tried finding a pulse and performed CPR and couldn't do it. I thought she was dead, her husband said. And um, according to Faithwire, Tina, who took a hard fall during the cardiac arrest was rushed to Deer Valley Medical Center, and along with the Christ, cardiac crisis, Tina had a gash on her forehead after the fall, cracked a cracked sternum, and several cracked ribs from the CPR. Despite resuscitation attempts by paramedics while on the way to the hospital, Tina remained unresponsive for over 20 minutes. Friends and families, family members gathered with her husband in the waiting room and prayed. And it was a prayer of desperation. Uh, and the husband says, "God, take everything from my life. If you give, uh, uh, take everything from my life. If you give me back Tina." And meanwhile, her sister and her husband rushed to Phoenix from Arizona. And during their commute, um, this man recalled that he suddenly felt a sense of peace come over. Uh, and asserted that her sister would be okay. So while doctors managed to bring Tina back using defibrillation, uh, her husband was informed that his wife would have to be induced into a coma so her body could relax while they ran tests to discover what happened. Most people don't survive five to 10 minutes of being without oxygen to the brain. And if she survived, she would likely have brain injuries and be left with a major handicap. The next day, the doctors removed Tina from the ventilator to determine if she could breathe on her own. And at that point, her vitals just restabilized. And the doctor needs to know if you can breathe on your own. You know, so uh, Brian whispered in his wife's ear, can you, show the, can you show them that you can breathe? And so she did. And um, she couldn't really talk, but her husband handed her a notebook and she wrote it's real meaning that heaven is real and then four days late days later she was discharged from the hospital without any brain impairment 
And while the doctor believed that she would not be able to speak for a while, she immediately had a lot to say about what happened to her and her near-death experience. And she said, I just wanted to share that I saw Jesus face to face and the unbelievable rest and peacefulness of what I was experiencing was Jesus standing there with his arms wide open and right behind Jesus, there was incredible glow. It was the most vibrant and beautiful yellow. So she survived and prepared herself to run a half a marathon. She's enjoying life. And she said, God is real in my life. Jesus is real. Heaven is real. I know that God can use every situation to make us who we are in Christ, she asserted. So that was her story. Now, I, if I had a choice between a psychic hotline or Ekinar, some of those 1-800-LOVE-GOD, or uh, reading books on the occult or whatever, I'm going to take my chances on the Lord and the Bible. Right. Because what, I want the, the, the truth. I want what's real. Right. I, I don't want something perverted. And I don't want anything from Satan that's going to damage my life or my soul or put me in hell. Right, right. If you have to make a choice, the choice should be the Lord. You know, I had another, I had another article about a near-death experience and, you know, how they offer proof of the afterlife. But I guess we'll have to talk about that another day. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to... I just wanted to air out my pet peeve about psychics and 1-800-LOVE-GOD. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Leviticus 19 and 31. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what does the Lord give us for the spirit of heaviness? And the answer is a garment of praise. And that answer can be found in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3, which reads, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. This week's food for thought is, how long must the Lord reign? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. <laughs>